Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. When the insulating covers of the nerve cells in the brain and spinal cord are damaged, it disrupts the ability of parts of the nervous system to communicate. And we call this multiple sclerosis, or MS. This can result in a range of signs and symptoms, including physical, mental, and sometimes psychiatric problems. And as we've mentioned on this program before, the farther you live from the equator, the higher the rate of MS. And joining us today to talk about his multiple sclerosis is Robert Brunault from Massachusetts. Robert, thanks for doing this. No problem. When were you diagnosed with MS? Um, 2011, I was officially diagnosed on my 50th birthday. 50th birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday. What, what, was, what was it like for you uh, when the doctor told you you had MS? It was hell. My life fell apart right then and there, pretty much. Because I was already having the symptoms for probably eight years prior to being diagnosed. What kind of symptoms? Um, restless leg, they were calling it. And they were treating with me with rest, for restless leg. The medicine that they gave me was deteriorating my muscles. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it was really putting a damper on my walking. And I went to see a specialist in Worcester, and she told me to get off that medicine because it's deteriorating my muscles. But I was on it for two, two and a half years prior. So now my walking's like very minimum so because as, of that medication, I believe. So as you were taking the medication, your, your walking deteriorated, even though yep. the, the original doctor said it would help you. Yep. Yep, they would help the spasms. Well, if they're killing my muscles, then yeah, they would stop the muscle spasms because I don't have any muscles to spas. Correct? Absolutely. But I found out with my research that they have a medical marijuana strand for the same exact thing. A specific that, medical uh, marijuana strain for MS? Yep, yep. it's called Nordel. It's for muscle spasms and pain. Now, before we get to your use of uh, medical cannabis, tell me how MS has changed your life. Uh, 360 degrees. Absolutely, 360 degrees. I went from working 78 hours a week to not being able to work at all. I mean, it's turned my life upside down. Mm-hmm. Literally. I once heard a guy say that I don't want to kill myself, but I do want to die. And that hit home for me because that's exactly how I feel. You could kind of relate to that. Yes, definitely. With the pain that I've been in. Yeah, I'm I'm done fighting it, really. Now I'm just using cannabis. I don't really take a lot of prescription meds. 
Robert, do you feel that way every day? Yes. Yep. Every single day. Every single day I wake up, I said, why did you wake me up? Yeah. What keeps you going? Cannabis. Absolutely, 110%. If it wasn't for medical marijuana, I'd probably be dead. The only thing that relieves my stress, my symptoms, and pain, it helps with the pain big time. Why this is illegal is beyond me. It shouldn't be. That's for damn sure. If you didn't have the medical cannabis, would you have taken your own life? Absolutely. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. You know, those of us who don't live with pain like you do and the MS that you have really can't relate to what you're going through. No doubt. Yeah, it's difficult to understand. Uh, I'm sure some people would say, oh, why the hell is he? would he want to take his own life for? Really? Yeah. (laughs) And um, can you elaborate a, a, a bit on what you go through every day? What I go through every day, huh. just getting out of bed is a struggle. I have to go to sleep fully dressed because I can't get undressed at night. I pretty much can't do anything. I can't dress myself. I can't walk. Um, I don't really sleep. I get spasticity when I relax. I make edibles so I can sleep at night. And when I don't have them, like last night, I went to bed at 9 o'clock. I was wide awake by 1. If I use the medical marijuana and I make my butters and I make brownies, I sleep a good 8 to 10 hours. And that's just with cannabis. That's no prescription meds. This is the first time I've actually slept 8 to 10 hours a day is when I do edibles. That's the only time I sleep. Last night I didn't have them. I didn't sleep for nothing. Now, when you get this uh, good night's sleep, how much different do you feel the next day? Um, I feel a lot better. I'm a lot more alert. Um, of course, I'm still in pain, but... Um, are, you able, yeah. are you able to cope with that pain easier as a result of a good night's sleep? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. But it's just the pain is so bad. So bad. Robert, for you, what's the hardest part of MS? Is it the physical or the mental part? Physical. The physical part. Because I was a go-getter, you know. I never sat down. I never, you know, I never took time to smell the roses. I was always working 24-7. If I wasn't working, I was thinking about working. You know, I was just a go-getter. I was on the go all the time. And then it just became dead stop. Sounds to me like you're a bit of a type A personality, always working. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I, I was. I worked. I had a job for 35 years at a big company, sports-wide. Um, I don't even want to mention the name because I hate the company now. <laughs> take us. It's a sporting. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, take us back to when you first started feeling some physical symptoms that weren't quite right for you oh god that was probably 15 years ago i started getting a restless leg that alone was enough to drive me nuts 
I was married at the time. My wife wasn't sleeping with me because of my legs. They were keeping her up. They were keeping me up. I just, I couldn't do it. No. You know, I was working working 10 hours a day and sleeping probably three hours a day and going to work for 10 hours, and I was a basket case. Now, the restless you know? leg, that was just, you were getting twitches in, in the night? Yes. Yes. And they will drive anybody crazy. Yeah, your, your legs just can't get comfortable. Right. It's uncontrollable. You can feel them like they tighten up, your muscle tightens up. And then you get the spasticity. And when you get the spasticity, if I'm standing up, I actually fall because of the spasticity. Now, when you started to get this restless leg syndrome, what did you think it was? What do you think was the cause of it all? I actually didn't know what it was. I was really baffled about the whole thing. None of my family has ever had MS. I didn't know anybody with MS, so I didn't know what the symptoms were, what anything was. I didn't know what was going on for years. And then when I had my bike, I would get on the bike, and I would be, towards the end, I would get on it, and I'd be on it for five minutes, and I would have to park the bike and get off because I couldn't. My arms and everything were all, like, tingly from the nerves. Mm -hmm. Did you go to the doctor at all? I, oh my God, I complained to my primary for about eight years of all the symptoms. And then when he diagnosed me, he handed me the paper with all the symptoms, and I said, what the hell took you so long? I had to ask for a MRI to get the results because he was sending me for everything but an MRI. And when I got the last results for the x-ray that he did i called him right away and said i want to see a um, neurologist and she found it within my first appointment she found it right away so your primary for eight years didn't uh discover or didn't even have a clue that you may have ms but your neurologist on the very first visit diagnosed you with ms yep you know, he didn't even he didn't even give me a neurologist. I had to ask for one. You must have been pretty angry. Yeah, I hate Bay State Hospital. I wouldn't recommend anybody to go to that hospital. So you're diagnosed with MS, and did you did they put you on uh, any medications at the time? Once they diagnosed me with yes. They put me on an injection, which is called Copaxin. I don't know if it works or not, but I tried getting it off of it um, a couple years ago, and I had a really bad attack. What's the Copaxin supposed to do? It's supposed to put a Band-Aid on it so it doesn't get worse. It doesn't progress. But I have the worst MS. I have primary progressive, so, you know, it's... Unfortunately, it's going to get worse no matter what. Are you on any medications today outside of cannabis? I'm on a few that I know actually work, yes. Like the medicine to slow the progression down, it's um, Abagio. I don't want to be on it, but it does work because I was off it for a couple of days, and boy, that couple of days was living hell. Now, from the time you were diagnosed with MS by the neurologist to today, how different are you from 
that period. Is it gotten much worse? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And stress has got a lot to do with it, too. You know, stress is not good for MS. And I went through hell when I first was diagnosed because I was married. And she had kids that were drug addicts. And uh, I had to come home every day to that. You know, and I couldn't live like that. And I went to see my doctor, and he knew what I was going through with the family. And he told me I have to relieve some stress. So that's what I did. (laughs) I told her exactly what I was doing. I was going to go up to Maine. I was going to make my log bed. And when I got home, stuff's got to change around here. It really does. And when I got home, my five-year-old grandson was here and ran up to me and said, Grandpa, Mommy's in jail again. And I looked right at my wife and I said, does he have to come down here and kick me in the ass? And she said a few choice words and that was it. The marriage was over with. I believe in a higher power. I believe in God. And I asked him for help. And I mean, I came home and my stepdaughter was in jail again. And supposedly she was doing better. So... I I just told her, you got to go. I can't do this anymore. You know, when a five-year-old kid walks up to you and says, Mommy's in jail again? Really? Yeah. Robert, when did you start to take cannabis? Actually, before I was diagnosed, because I knew it would help me sleep. I didn't wasn't into the cannabis that much at that time. But once I got diagnosed, I really started doing a lot of research, a lot of research. And I came up with, you know, the Rick Simpson oil. I do that when it's available. I do the CBD oil. Um, I make edibles. It gave me, I want to say it gave me my life back, but it really didn't because I have MS and There's nothing worse than MS. I wish it was cancer. And I hate saying that, but I really wish it was cancer because then I would have a chance. With MS, I don't have a chance at all. As of yet. Well, you know, Robert, we interviewed uh, a fellow in Ontario, not too far from you, who was paralyzed from the neck down with MS. And he started taking cannabis. And granted, he takes a lot of it. Uh, smokes it and takes oil. The, takes the oil, yeah. and he now plays in a rock band. No way! Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. No way! Politician says that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! No one. One of the things that uh, he remarked on is I asked him about feeling in his hands and legs, and he said uh, he has numbness in in the bottoms of his feet and in his hands. Yep. And yep. that will never go away. But, yeah, he was uh, – I interviewed him – I think, Corey, you were in Prague at the time. Yes, yeah. And uh, I interviewed him on Skype, and he was sitting there uh, smoking, and uh, he was fine. But uh, he was paralyzed from the neck down. And how it started was he was in a wheelchair, and he was out with his friends, and they were smoking a joint. And they offered him – said, why don't you try it? So he tried it. And he said the very first uh, toke he took, uh, he could feel some relief. Yeah. And so he, he just started. It was a remar- remarkable story. 
And, really? and I think, you know, I don't want to give you false hope, but I think, you know, if you start taking cannabis oil and uh, doing what you're doing, uh, you know, there, there's a there's a chance that you may arrest the progression of it. Now, yeah, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned the type of, of um, MS you have, and I'm not familiar with the various types. Yeah, progressive. It's the worst MS you can get. There's four different kinds of MS, and I have the worst. Yours is what, progressive primary or something? Primary progressive, progressive. Yeah. yeah. No, I've known a few people with that. I have to tell you, yeah. I had a lady, um, this was when I first started helping people, back east who had been in a wheelchair for 15 years and i uh, got her pointed in the right direction and she started on high thc oil and she messaged me phoned me actually five weeks later to give me an update and she said my, my wheelchair is in the garage and i thought shit she broke her wheelchair and uh she said Corey, i'm walking unassisted i got rid of my depends and i went shopping for the first time in three years today Really? Yeah, and then she started crying, saying, you've given me my life back. Well, I didn't. The cannabis did, right? But, you know, maybe, I mean, I'm wondering, Robert, if, you know, like this this, uh, Nordle works really well on the spasms, but I'm wondering if um, you mixed up a couple more strains or something, whether you might see a bit more difference. Exactly. Exactly. The problem is politicians. That's the problem. Politicians and doctors politicians don't believe in it and doctors don't believe in it especially bay state doctors my doctor has been telling me for i don't know probably five years now to use medical marijuana use medical marijuana that's all he said i called to get a recommendation to get my card so i wouldn't have to pay two hundred dollars to get it he told me he couldn't do it he told me he doesn't recognize medical marijuana i said really so now I got to find another doctor because he doesn't even recognize marijuana. He doesn't record it on any of my documents, which is bullshit. He should be putting it on my records. That's why it's not known to the public because doctors don't recommend it. They don't put it in your records, I should say. My particular doctor that works for Bay State Hospital doesn't record anything Robert, so how's the, how's the public supposed to know if the doctors don't put this in their records robert whereabouts in massachusetts do you live do you live near boston um about an hour and a half from boston okay there's a doctor, doctor. in boston called jordan tischler dr jordan tischler t-i-t-i-s-h-l-e-r i got my I got my PCA standing right here. Okay. His name is Dr. Jordan Tischler. He's in Boston, worked for the VA for a number of years, about 15 years, and now he is a medical marijuana doctor in Boston. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want him. And uh, spell his last name? Tischler, T-I-S-H-L-E-R. We've interviewed him twice on this program. So, yeah, you can find him in the podcasts. Yep. Okay, I'll look. Give him a call, make an appointment with him, and uh, he probably will help, help you out. Tell him that you were talking to us. I will. I will. See if, he, see if he'll give you a discount. <laughs> right. Robert, is uh, Massachusetts is a um, medical state, is it not? A legal medical state? 
Yes. Yeah. But the ignorance uh, rages on. Oh, big time. Big time. The dispensaries don't even want to work with you, you know? Oh, I know. It's like people people aren't caring enough to help you. And they're, they're, uh, is, it a, is it a case of they're not caring or they don't have the knowledge as well? Because I've got to tell you, I spoke to four different people yesterday who had obtained product from dispensaries and when, and were having issues and didn't even know the basic things yeah. about what they had. And yeah. I'm saying, well, have you spoken to the dispensary where you got it? Oh, they don't know anything and they won't answer my questions and blah, blah, blah. I guess once <clears throat> it's sold, there you go. And yeah. uh, that's where, the, where it ends. So... It, there's a gap yeah. there in getting the information out. Yeah, not to mention the prices are outrageous. You know, they want $350 for an ounce of wheat. I mean, whole. Yeah, no, Ian's looking at me kind of, I don't know if he's, if that's a question of how much it is here, but I know um, here at uh, the Victoria Cannabis Buyers Club, it's depending on what string you get, anywhere from 180 to 200 is the top for an ounce. For, <laughs> really? For an I'm going ounce. to Canada. Yeah. So, you know, and then take take into um, consideration, too, the exchange. You're looking at, he's talking about basically $400 for an ounce of cannabis. Yeah, I mean, geez, right. in the 60s, and you could buy it for 10 bucks. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ian used to flog it on the corner. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> now we only get a gram of oil out of it, so. Yeah, well, yeah, only a couple of grams, that's for sure. Not very much, but. So, what is a typical day like for you, then? Um, Robert, as far as as um, medicating yourself, um, I do a lot of edibles. I don't really smoke a lot. I do mostly edibles, and I just hooked up with a Happy Farms counseling. Um, the guy's name is Nathan Martin, and he's working with me. I just found him about a, two weeks ago, and he's been working with me. So if you call me in a couple months, things might be a little different. Because I actually have real access to medical cannabis. And it's a person that will actually listen to me of what my problems are. We sat here the other day for a couple hours medicating and drinking coffee and talking about my symptoms and everything else. And the guy's awesome. Awesome. He's given me all kinds of edibles to try, and I've tried a couple of them, and a few of them are working, a few of them aren't, which, you know, it's all um, trial and error. Trial and error, yeah. Yeah, especially this early. Everybody's just starting to work with it, and for me, it's done wonders for me. Absolute wonders. Robert, what happens when you have the ability, capacity to uh, ingest oil? versus smoking it what kind of results do you see then um i see better results by eating it the oil um smoking it is like right away but i don't like the high that it gives you you know what i mean so i like a high cbd strand but i need the thc too i'm trying to make the rick simpson oil which I have a thing right here, but I ran out, you know. I'm always running out. I can't do it on a daily basis because of financial reasons. And, you know, obviously it's not readily available like it should be for the people. What's a gram of oil worth in Massachusetts? Um, Around $50. 
mm-hmm. of of pure oil, right? Because they like to dilute it around here with whatever. Robert, given yeah. the fact that you've got someone to help you with medical marijuana, are you more optimistic about uh, the future now? Um, yeah, kind of. I'm getting very frustrated with it. You know, because you can get it and then you can't get it. You can get it and you can't get it. Right, and so I try to get it from the dispensary and they don't have it. They don't have it. I was growing on my own, but I just got too bad and I can't do it anymore. You know, I was making my own meds and I was doing good. But then I lost my ability to do it all. Well, I think, you know, with the story that I told you about the fellow in Ontario and and, uh, playing in a rock band and the story that Corey told you about the woman who gave up her wheelchair, um, I think we should both, Corey and I, both encourage you to uh, stick with it, have an optimistic attitude, and uh, maybe you at one point you can uh, donate your wheelchair to someone. Exactly. I would love to be able to do that would love i always tell everybody you know what you want to know how i feel take my body for a day i wish i could give somebody my body for a day and say here now bitch about going to work yeah (laughs) that's absolutely right yeah you'd love to go back to work right absolutely absolutely i haven't worked in eight years and i am going crazy crazy ask my pca i got i get very aggravated when i can't do stuff very aggravated. You know, I used to be able to do this in two minutes. Now it takes me 20 minutes. You know, it's crazy. I wouldn't wish this disease on my worst enemy, which is every politician in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are a lot, right of, a lot of those around the world as well. <laughs> yeah. You ain't getting there. <laughs> That's right. Corrupt. Robert, is your is your mental attitude uh, has it remained the same or is it deteriorating? Kathy, can you answer that? Hi there, I'm Robert's PCA, Kathy. Okay, hi Kathy. <laughs> She'll tell you. The hardest thing about what I see with Robert is his frustration. I've known Robert for years, and I've always known him to be a very active person. Um, so let's say we're working in the yard. Um, it, it just, he gets really frustrated when he is unable to do the simplest task. Because I don't have a constant supply of cannabis for my pain. You know, now that it's become, now that I just hooked up with this guy, I might have a chance in getting oil and all that other stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's so damn expensive. And it sounds like it's really off and on about your ability to obtain what you need. Exactly what it is. Exactly. And I can exactly. see frustration coming out of that. Big time. Big time. You know how many times I've been up to the dispensary and asked for their help? And they pretty much blow you off. Well, you can try this. Well, you can try that. Yeah, but you're not willing to help with people, not willing to work with them at all. Mm-hmm. No, they're not. It's all about money. 
Well, I think if you talk to Jordan Tischler, and the reason I recommend him is because he's in your area, but he's also extremely knowledgeable in this. And one of the reasons he got into the medical cannabis business is because when he worked for the VA, he realized that nobody was ever coming into the VA as a result of having any adverse effects of cannabis. Correct. And uh, here they are. The VA was... was uh, uh, giving patients these large quantities of opiates, and uh, he decided to research cannabis, then became a cannabis doctor. So I think, you know, it, with him and the fellow that's uh, going to help you, I think, Robert, that you might have turned the corner, at least. Uh, yeah. You know, if you turn the corner emotionally, then you can work on your, your, your physical problems and exactly. with cannabis. And then you can hop on that uh, motorbike of yours and uh, get out, man. Get happy. Easy rider. Yeah. No, I had to sell it. Oh, there's another bike out there. Yeah, there's another bike out there. It's got your name on it. There's no doubt. No doubt. (laughs) There's no doubt. Trust me, I will never stop riding. Anything you Uh, want to say in conclusion, Robert, outside of uh, giving hell to the politicians? No. MS sucks. Cannabis cures. Opiates kill. Absolutely. I've had several friends pass from opiates, and that's why I went to cannabis. I researched it and researched it, and I wouldn't do anything but cannabis. Nothing but. Well, Robert, keep us posted on your progress and uh, let us know how you're doing. I will. Absolutely. And hopefully the next time we talk, I'll be walking. Absolutely. You'll be in the Boston Marathon. There you go. Okay. There you go. <laughs> okay. Thank there you so you much, go. Robert. All right. Thank you. I hope I helped you, anybody out. And God, yes. Cannabis. It's the only way to go. It's a natural plant. Mother Nature put it on Earth for a reason, I believe. Thanks, Robert. Pleasure to talk to you. All right, bud. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. And if you'd like to tell your story about the medical use of cannabis, then send us an email at info at CannabisHealthRadio.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary, and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.